The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Back to You with Alyssa Ali, Howard Sudbury, and Steve Baskerville. And I am Howard Sudbury. Here we are, guys. We're ready to go. Are you ready to go? It's our first podcast. This is started. It is, it is our maiden I feel voyage. Like a hostage. It's well, a. It's well, our, you know why you do? <laughs> why? Because Howard already has hijacked yeah. it. He has taken this thing over like a runaway train. Oh, God, Steve. Uh, You told me to read the intro, so that's why I did it. But um, we uh, back to you is an obvious television term that we have said thousands of times, thus the name of the show. And uh, I thought instead of introducing ourselves, we would introduce, you know, each other. So first I'm going to introduce Alyssa Ali. Alyssa is a graduate of Augustana, I believe in marketing, communications, and television. Worked for the TV station there. She has worked for Fox Sports 1, uh, doing uh, television shows for horse racing. Uh, she's done stuff for Channel 9. She did a radio show with me on a sports show. A lot of broadcasting background. And I should mention that uh, she's only going to be here for five minutes because she has a husband. <laughs> she has a kid. A young man who is adorable, two and a half years old, and she's expecting another one soon. And she has two dogs and three horses. So thanks for coming. Hey, Howard. Thanks so much. You know, I really like doing like the radio thing, right? Because we do TV so much. I like that I can come, kind of come yeah. in like a little bit like ugly and not like completely ready to go. But I'm I'm really excited to be here. Uh, it's a lot of fun. That was a great intro. Thank you. I'm, I'm surprised nobody has noticed that I came in like Adam Levine with no shirt, <laughs> like he did at the Super Bowl. We're just like ignoring very, that part. I was so excited I would do something different. But. Uh, we have a terrific guest for our first show, and it's Bill Curtis. But I want to I mention the, the you brought up Adam Levine. Did you yeah. think that show was as horrible as everybody else did? I'm not one that likes uh, a lot of Super Bowl halftime shows, really. I mean, yeah. like in an old school way. I'm just yeah. into the game. Right. And and I don't really put too much stock into who's going to perform. Mm-hmm. If they're good, that's like an extra treat. So I don't really pay that much attention to it. Yeah, I mean, his stylist deserves to be fired. I, I think he looked horrible. Adam you think Levine. that was a bad move to take the and shirt off? And taking the shirt off was gross. Yeah, Ugh. it was. Yeah, no, it was when Steve did. Just yeah. now. Hand me my shirt. Steve, put your shirt back on. <laughs> yeah, please do. Well, I want to introduce you, Steve. Steve, you've been in TV for many decades, and I'm not going to, you know, date you or talk about your age yeah, uh, right. you're from philadelphia you started out as a host of a children's show and is best known in chicago as cbs 2s weatherman for 30 years you recently retired not quit howard always says quit you retired i like the way he said, he said i quit he says you quit all the time i'm he like quit. retired what's, well, actually, hey what's the difference i don't see much difference i quit <laughs> i was done i said i'll see you on the tv from home. You might uh, quit this mess. <laughs> that's right. Like Alyssa said, I got about five minutes and I'm out of here. Uh, but the thing about being on TV, you love being on for all those years. And the reaction I get now is totally different. Somebody will come up to me and they'll say, wait a minute, aren't you, aren't you the, don't you manage the Walgreens like a couple blocks away? And I go, no, no, no. That's channel two, CBS. And you can tell if somebody really knows who you are. Mm-hmm. By the, they go, oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And the higher the pitch of the voice, they really know who you are. Yes. You know, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, well, yeah, I know. Well, if it ends like that, then you know that they recognize you. <laughs> if it's just like, oh, yeah, I know who you are. Mm-hmm. They don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. That's true. Now, am I supposed to introduce Howard? 
Am uh, I supposed to tell folks yeah. who this man is? Good luck. Oh, let me tell you about it. <laughs> Howard Sudbury. That sounded like uh, Keith Jackson. There's a name from another century. It is. Keith Jackson, right? Great sports announcer. Yeah. Tell us some. Okay, thank you. Uh, listen, about <laughs> Keith Jackson. We're not going to have too many names dug up out of mothballs, are we? I don't know. It's up to you. From another... Why don't you get to the introduction? years ago. He I, wants I to hear about himself. <laughs> Doesn't he always? Yeah. But Howard Sudbury... He was born in a little town in central Illinois called Pekin, population six. <laughs> no, it was bigger than that. But it's just juxtaposed that to me growing up in West Philadelphia in a row house in right. Philly. And here's a guy we had totally different experiences probably growing up, and we've become the best of friends over the years. And I want to tell you about those years now. He started off in central Illinois, like I said, goes through Indiana, winds up in Cleveland, Ohio. From there, moves on to Chicago. And for a quarter of a century, <laughs> the man is on. I like to say that because it makes him seem older. Yes, I For agree. a quarter of a century, the man is a voice of sports in Chicago. He's covered Jordan in the championship years, White Sox in the World Series. The man was there for the Stanley Cup in the Blackhawks. He has seen it all. He has rubbed shoulders with some of the most prominent people in the world. Literally, the man has played basketball with President Barack Obama long before his president, right? He'll yes. tell us about that later. This is my time, okay? Yes. You've had enough attention <laughs> with this podcast already. He has been in the company of king and queen, kings and queens. Mm -hmm. He was actually uh, dining with the Queen of England as part of his responsibilities where... He works now as one of those high-powered executives over in Arlington <laughs> Park. So the man has a rich history. Look at his wallet, just bursting with cash. Uh, Well-known and well-loved in the city of Chicago and elsewhere. That was well, beautiful. That's very, very, very nice. I did I say I that like you wrote it? I, I, did. <laughs> I didn't dine with her, but I did take a selfie. And I, and I want to mention real quickly yeah. before you introduce Bill that Alyssa sure. and I work together at Arlington Park, as it's known to most people, Arlington International Racecourse in the marketing department, and we go on TV and make picks, and so we're still in the television business. So, Steve, uh, why don't you get to our guest? Uh, I don't think he's hung up yet. <laughs> we can only hope. I am so excited about this. Really, this is a treat for us to start off with one of the biggest... Uh, personalities, figures that you can start off with. How can I describe this man? This man has a voice that would make a Wolverine purr. There was a time, a time before cable, when the local anchorman reigned supreme. When people believed everything they heard on TV. This was an age when only men were allowed to read the news. And in San Diego, one anchor man was more man than the rest. His name oh, we have three Wolverines in here, and they're all purring right now. <laughs> they're like kitty cats after hearing that. But, uh, of course, that can only mean uh, the man who for decades was the anchor man at WBBM-TV in Chicago. He worked at CBS uh, in New York as well. He's got Curtis Productions, where he produces documentaries and voiceovers. He's got the Cole Case Files that was on uh, A&E, among other uh, projects from Curtis Productions. 
Uh, and he's got he's, he's got another job. I mean, he's he, he's done these things before. He's working now. He's on one of the most popular uh, radio shows around from NPR. It's called Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. I just yeah. love saying the title of it. <laughs> uh, he's a rancher. He's a con- conservationist. Mm-hmm. He's an all-around hero of mine. Bill Curtis, are you there? Steve, we're here, and I'm so honored. <laughs> Howard and Alyssa, first guest on the first show. How about that? We are, Love it. We are just overwhelmed that you are here. We are honored. And you know what we did in your honor? Uh, Howard's at one side of the desk. I'm sitting <laughs> on another side, way over on the end. Alyssa's in the middle, and we're saving the spot for you because that's where you usually are, in the middle, uh, <laughs> as the man. Uh, uh, so do you miss being on TV on a daily basis doing the news? You know, I don't. And uh, my guess is that you don't either. Uh, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I, what I miss is uh, the camaraderie and working with all the, all the good people. But all, and a, a big news day. Yesterday was a big news day because that's something that, uh, you know, it's a different. And you can use your craft and your skills uh, and your experience, uh, you know, to, uh, to, as your art. But it get you know it's hey, it's fifty years. So you, somebody asked Paul Horning. I, I actually when I started in '66, Paul Horning was my. You probably don't even know him. Oh, he was a great name. running oh, back, Howard right? Would know that, yeah. Yes. He was golden boy, you know, before Joe Namath, and uh, they were trying to break him in as the sports guy. And uh, he, <laughs> he, somebody went in. He was at a bar. That's that was his gig. Uh, he would try and get, uh, after a Bears game in Soldier Field, he'd try and be the first guy at the bar, the Red Lion, I think, and then wait for the girls to come in. And somebody came up to him and he said, uh, Paul, do you miss being out there? Uh, he said, why? <laughs> he, he said, are you kidding? Give me some of that silver nitrate so I can clear my uh, passages. You know, we are from the Madman era. And uh, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's it, it, it was a different time. And so that means that I only have one question for Alyssa. Uh, what are you wearing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it, I it love is, it. It is true, Alyssa. Why? Um, <laughs> we were, you know, we were so innocent, though. And, but here's poor Steve. Every time I turn around over the 50 years, he's there. He's the weatherman. I can't get rid of him. <laughs> we did. We had a long streak. I, I would just, uh, you know, you know what comes to mind. Some of the, there have been these big moments, but then there are other times when just some silly things occur. We were talking during a break one day of a newscast in the commercial break. Might have been talking about clothes or something. And then weather was coming up, and Bill looks over at me, and he goes, I don't even know if Bill will remember this, but he says, now let's go to weather with Steve in his pleated pants. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sometimes we're desperate. You know, know, Howard should know. And Howard was out there, you know, uh, on on the scene, and here are the buses all getting ready to load up with uh, Michael Jordan and his... He doesn't know, maybe he does, I hope he does, that we weren't watching the the Bulls. We were watching Howard cover the Bulls. And he was so good 
that we knew that he would pull us out of uh, any problem we had. So you were you were the king. You were riding high, Howard. Well, that is a tremendous honor. I know what you're talking about because it's when the Bulls won the championship out in Phoenix, and we set up at the hotel, and everybody thought all the other stations were at the arena. So the players paraded by me getting on the bus. So we had Jordan and Pippen and the coach and one after another for about a half hour live. And that was, uh, I'm, I'm glad somebody remembers it, Bill. You were the receiving line. I mean, they, they, they came to you like you were the Queen of England. And, you know, they were paying their homage. Oh, my God. But you, uh, you really held us up. <laughs> well, that's kind of you. Bill, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but you are actually a lawyer. So why, why did you choose broadcasting? I was um, graduated from law school, and I had accepted a job in Topeka, Kansas. Uh, I mean, in uh, Wichita, actually. And I uh, was studying for the bar, and a guy asked me to fill in for him at 6 o'clock. I had worked my way through by being on the only television in town. And so he went up and uh, did the news, and uh, they said, well, stick around. And at 7 o'clock, we went on the air again, and a tornado came through town. And, um, you know, you, you kind of pass them off, as Steve would know. <laughs> the, the big one never hits you. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't see the bullet coming. And uh, lo and behold, uh, we had a cameraman who called in on the two-way, and he said, uh, this is big, and it's headed for downtown. Well, I didn't give the warning. I had been a weatherman for two years through uh, law school and um, uh, waiting for the second confirmation and the next uh, burst uh, that came in in about 15 seconds was, uh, he said, well, it's just wiped out the Huntington apartment complex. Well, I never saw the tornado, but it was the most destructive in, uh, that had hit any place in the country. It was 1966, went right for the Capitol building in Topeka, wiped out the the school where I was, Washburn University, and and, um, you know, half of the town, it seemed like a billion dollars, which was big money then. And so I said, you know, I had had trouble trying to choose between broadcasting and practicing law. You go for three years and you want to put, put it to the test. And I said, well, what am I, nuts? Um, so I sent my tape out and happened to go to uh, John Madigan at uh, WBM. And lo and behold, I, I got a response, and it said, yeah, come on up. Uh, let's talk. So I, I went up, had my interview, and in three months, I had jumped from Little Topeka, Kansas, to Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> That's and, fantastic. And for the next four years, uh, it was just the, the best um, baptism of fire that any, rep any uh, reporter could want. I and I slipped in. I followed... Uh, you know, Fahey Flynn, John Drury, who uh, were all set to take over, but there was a contract dispute. And, you know, you got to be lucky, too. I think everybody can tell from the voice that we're speaking to the one and only mm -hmm. Bill Curtis. Uh, we all worked with him closely and like to remind you to be sure to tell your friends about Back to You, this new podcast, which is available online at radiomisfits.com. And you can follow Back to You on Twitter. And uh, Alyssa, you're on uh, Twitter at uh, Alyssa underscore Ali, correct? Mm -hmm, correct. And what about uh, Instagram? Uh, I think it's the same. 
And uh, well, what are both of those things? <laughs> I'm, I was going to say, you're going to explain them. <laughs> I'm on Twitter at Howard Sudbury and Instagram at Howard Sudbury, Howard underscore Sudbury on Instagram. Bill, obviously you're known for being a great newsman and your voice. How young were you when people noticed that you had something special in your voice? And did people suggest, man, you ought to use that and go into broadcasting? Well, 16, and I was in uh, Independence, Kansas, playing a little football from high school and got my work permit, went down to the local radio station. There was only one in town. And it was probably the best three years of experience that I got. I had a mentor for a boss and uh, did everything from, uh, you know, read the news, you rip and read. They wouldn't know what ripping and reading is these days. <laughs> And, and then was able to work through uh, college and then law school. and then uh, So by the time I got out of uh, law school, I had 10 years' experience. I was ready to go. And it was a big advantage uh, coming in because you, you can't get the experience at a major market. you got to be ready to, to work and not make any mistakes. You will along the way. But uh, that was, you know, people could, could – I could tell – you know, uh, well, you know, I'm looking up at the ceiling now, and I can't remember one bill mistake. <laughs> well, somebody had to pick up uh, Walter. And, uh, uh, sure, quite a quite a pairing, you and Walter Jacobson, of two different guys, right? I mean, in terms of personalities, and uh, was that somewhat of a risk to to have a newscast with you and Walter together? Well, you know, Walter and I uh, didn't want to do it. I came back from California in 73. It covered the Manson trial out there and Angela Davis and uh, Daniel Ellsberg and for, as a correspondent for CBS News. And the, the corporation, CBS, said, oh, you got to go back to uh, Chicago. You know, you were exposed there for four years, so uh, we need, they're in third place, we need some help. And I got back there, and here's Walter. And nobody had told Walter, well, you know, uh, you're going to be paired with uh, Bill. And uh, Van Sauter and uh, Bob Wessler were general manager and news director. And so <laughs> they may have had uh, the plans all along. So we happened to be there, and they said, well, uh, you know, w would you mind uh, kind of co-anchoring? And we both looked at each other and said, with him? Uh, That's kind of how I looked at Howard just now. I'm doing but, this with him. Right, right. But you, you're so right. I mean, we were so different, but it turned out to be perfect. You know, I mean, I'm straight as an arrow and to the point of being boring. And Walter is um, the unpredictable um, uh, Peck's bad boy. So... <laughs> So you never know what he's going to do, and I would. It, it's almost Laurel and Hardy. He would get into trouble, and then I'd have to get him out. <laughs> I wrote up. And, uh, well, the rest is history. And, you know, this will sound funny because we're two straight guys, but we fell in love. Aww. Uh, oh, I get uh, it. No, I do. You know, the charis charisma, they say, oh, you got to have charisma. We learned to that that we would only succeed if the other guy succeeded. Mm -hmm. So we were together, joined at the hip, 
and um, respected what each of us did, and it was brotherly love, i got to tell you. How long did you guys work together? Well, it was nine years for one, uh, you know, time. I came back, and uh, oh, there's probably ten, probably fifteen in all, if you count wow. the the two uh, two years that uh, we went back, sort of in temporary duty here recently. You know what I want to know is how did Hollywood come calling for yeah. Bill Curtis? Yes, doing the Anchorman. Oh yeah, how mm-hmm. did that come about? Well, Adam McKay, who is now the Oscar-winning director of yes, he was, uh, that was his first movie, Anchorman. Yeah, now it's he Vice. Was, he's got out, right? Is that right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, the Big he's Short, unbel- unbelievable. Yeah. Well, he was on in Second City, uh, doing impromptu uh, improv. I mean, uh, uh, comedy. When Walter and I were anchoring, so to him, we were the anchors. And he always had Bill Curtis in mind. I'm not. Sure, I'm not sure that I was the model for uh, uh, Ron Burgundy, but he said, "I'm going to send him the script because he wrote uh, wrote it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like bragging, but he wrote it sort of with me in my voice. So I uh, I was on a plane down to Kansas and I, I read it to myself. And I was laughing at each line, and then <laughs> you know did a uh, an audition tape. Uh, they were out in Universal City, and I didn't know, but they had all their expats from uh, Saturday Night Live in the same uh, studio uh, when I was pumping in. And I would laugh almost after every line. Well, to them, that was a great lift because, you know, you live with something you've written and, and it's no longer funny. Sure. They didn't know what was funny uh, or not. And uh, so they didn't think I would accept. And Frankly, I had my doubts. There could, there's a career ender, Alyssa, if uh, you've ever had it. Who would know that every anchorman in the country would want to be in that role? Who would know? And uh, so that's the way it happened. <laughs> did you ever meet uh, the actors, or did you just do your VO in a booth, or were you? Did you ever interact with Will Ferrell and the rest? I went out, and um, uh, I think Adam wanted to do that for me, but also, you know, give me the feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they were shooting the um, the the Griffith Park Zoo in the Bear Pit, uh, <laughs> uh, and so <laughs> this is wild. Um, they had extras, and they said, "Oh, go out there, and you can stand on the extras." And we've got, you know, so we had Will there, and. Um, uh, Veronica Corningstone, of course, and she was down in the pit, and the gag was that the bear was going to come out and uh, threaten her. Well, they had a real bear. You know, they have these huge uh, grizzlies that they're now (laughs) trained, and they have uh, had the trainer and the grizzly, and then they have the top head, which is computerized. <laughs> so they can shoot the close-up uh, and, you know, scare her. Uh, so all of a sudden, people start running out of the pit. And uh, I said, God, what, what's happened? Well, uh, they all got out okay, but it turns out that the bear um, made a move. And it wasn't the kind you'd want the bear to make. No, no. no. Um, She was in estrus, 
I'll use that nice scientific <laughs> term. And, you know, animals can pick it up. Yeah. If you're a woman, you have to be very, very <laughs> careful. And um, it, it, it oh. all hell broke loose. So that was my real experience with the movie. But then I, I interviewed, uh, you know, Will. You know, they have such uh, unusual humor. Um, we were doing, uh, had the premiere at the uh, Broadcast Museum in New York, and <laughs> Adam would always come up and then say, uh, um, well, he wants you to do the interview, kind of at the last minute. <laughs> I'm afraid he probably thought I would turn it down. <laughs> and uh, so we were, we're sitting there, and, and uh, Will Farrell is as Ron Burgundy. And I said, uh, well, uh, how many um, women did you have, Ron? <laughs> And he said, um, 11. <laughs> 11. No, it's not yeah. 12. It's not 10. You know, it's 11. And that just is funny. <laughs> and, uh, I said, um, and you, here's a name you'd recognize. And, uh, how many men? And he said, well, no man, unless you count the time that, um, uh, <laughs> who was the who was the sports guy in New York, the crazy one, uh, who did the sports with us, Steve? Was Warner. it Warner? Warner Wolf? Warner, Warner Wolf. Yeah. He said, and yes, unless you count the time Warner Wolf and I <laughs> ran naked through the woods of the North Woods and then went back to the log cabin and built model ship. <laughs> <laughs> What you know, a, that's real humor. <laughs> oh, he's got an unbelievable wit. Uh, Bill Who would think of that. As, uh, Will Farrell, yeah. As an interviewer, uh, and we're interviewing you right now, what is the key in your mind to doing a great interview? There are questions that have to be asked. We really couldn't talk to you without asking you about Anchorman or your voice. But how do you make an interview unique? You got to listen. You know, and in preparation, well, uh, Mike Wallace also said this, um, you have to be prepared. And being prepared means knowing almost everything about the subject that you're going to question about so that you can throw away the notes or write them on the back of your hand and, um, and, and then listen to the answer and then key off that because one answer leads to something else. So uh, it, it's simple right then, but if you do your homework. Now, the problem with doing the morning news, as Steve knows, is that you didn't have time no. to prepare. I mean, you go to bed at night. You get up at 3 in the morning. Uh, I was go, sleepy all the time. All the time. <laughs> it, it's like you're on drugs. You're not on drugs because somebody on drugs could never do that. Sure. But it's like it, you're in a daze. Yeah. You know, I find now, even though I haven't been working on the air on a newscast in about a year now, I still stay up till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> roaming the house, you know? Yeah. I, I, Even I, Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> That's, right. That's right. We text each other all the time. Uh, uh, no, but but it's hard to break uh, some of these routines that we have. Now, uh, you got something else that's going on that, that I've had some fun with the title. Wait, wait, don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. This <laughs> is a, this is a, a totally different kind of experience, isn't it? But it seems like you have a lot of fun when you're doing that show. All you have to do is laugh. Yes. 
and uh, and find find the humor in it. Um, I'm just kind of a, a temp, I guess. I'm not a temp, but uh, you know, I'm 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 the straight guy, you know, from the Mad Men days and uh, the announcer and a scorekeeper. And uh, one of the reasons I'm there: five million listeners. Wow! Wow! Hard to believe. That is incredible. Now, do you yeah. take do you take that show on the road too? Oh yeah. yeah. We're we're going to San Diego, the uh, stay classy uh, San yes, Diego yes. place. We yeah, always so, classy. San yeah, Diego. we just got back from <laughs> um, from uh, Savannah. Um, you know, we were Carnegie Hall a month or so ago. Isn't that something? Yeah, and and they're always sold out. Twenty five hundred people, three thousand. Uh, and and NPR does this, and they book them, and they won't even go anyplace for a minimum of, uh, unless there's a minimum of 2500 because they make so much money on it. But what, what do you uh, think it is about the show that, that attracts that kind of, you know, yeah. desire to be there? Peter Sagal. Peter Sagal and the writers who are, frankly, I think they're, they're brilliant. Uh, Peter's been with it all 20 years. He's uh, extremely uh, talented. He was at Harvard and uh, majored in musical comedy, I think. Yeah. And uh, he just, uh, you know, and what they do is they, they come in on Sunday and they started going through the Internet uh, and Google everything that is news and quirky, uh, the different stuff. And by the time I go in for rehearsal on Thursday prior to the show, um, they have an entire show that is written. And uh, I'm kind of a sounding board, I think. Uh, and I laugh for, for the old people jokes. <laughs> and they'll find out, will this play, will that play? And then they continue writing right until the end. So the, so the writers, you know, the writers are, uh, there's writers for Colbert, writers for Kimmel, writers for Fallon, writers for Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Now, now there aren't a lot of other of those ensemble groups that uh, are just sitting around uh, listening to Trump foibles yeah. and uh, thinking of, <laughs> of how to spin mm-hmm. humor off that. So That's amazing. That's you know, uh, Steve is retired now, obviously, right, Bill? And Howard's at Arlington. He doesn't do that much work. But, um, <laughs> like, why do you keep working? What drives you? Oh, I think, you know, I'll, retirement is a dirty word. Uh, you just like to do it. And and uh, we're in broadcasting. And, uh, you know, it's certainly not for the, the, the uh, experience of just being on television or being on the radio and wanting somebody to applaud or, or uh, say hello to you on the sidewalk. Uh, it's, it's in our blood. We're broadcasters. And we'll go right down to the end. Uh, here's Ken Nordine, who passed away today. Ken Nordine had the, had the greatest voice and uh, was the greatest sort of radio person. Uh, lived in Chicago. I knew him uh, only by listening to his LPs. My God, when I was in high school, 50 years ago. And uh, came up, and here's uh, one hero, Paul Harvey was another hero. Paul Harvey was in his 90s, still broadcasting on ABC. And uh, so those are, it's, it's not only a career, it's you got it in the blood. And also, 
what are we going to do sitting at home? Well, Our wives almost kick us out. <laughs> you know what? I can only roam the family room so many nights giving <laughs> forecasts. <laughs> yourself. It, that's why I'm sitting here right now, Bill. You are exactly mm-hmm. right. That's I mean, I, it's not that I miss being on the air every night, but there's a performer in me yep. that has to come out. It's in your yeah. blood. Yeah. It's in all of our blood, mm-hmm. I would say. Well, Bill, I can speak for Alyssa and for Steve and for our listeners. You have five million. I think we have five. Steve? Well, that's, I wouldn't that's, push that's it. That's a lot. That, that, that might be pushing it. But uh, we're truly honored that uh, you joined us today on our, on our first show. Uh, back to you. And, um, it, you, you know, we all look up to you. And I want to ask you one thing. Our friend Gene Siskel, the movie reviewer, uh, we lost him way too soon. He ended interviews, I don't know if you remember this, uh, with asking somebody, what do you know for sure? So I'm going to ask you, what do you know for sure? Um, <laughs> and of course, I, I don't have a, have a good answer, but what do I know for sure? Um, I'll, I'll tell you what Ethel Kennedy told me. Uh, we were sitting around waiting for uh, one of the kids uh, to premiere a documentary. And she said, nobody gets a free ride. Here she had her husband killed, um, John F. Kennedy killed. Nobody gets a free ride. So you're always going to have sadness in your life. And the bottom line is survive and go on and try and do good in the world while you're doing it. So, Alyssa, I know you're about 12 years old. (laughs) So take that to heart. I wish you you all just the best. Bill, uh, Bill. I I hope you know how we feel about having you at at any time, but especially to kick things off with the first episode of these attempted podcasts that we are (laughs) We're trying well, just out to, here. Yes, just to ensure you'll never have any listeners. Uh, there you are. <laughs> just remember, I can always send you an audition tape. <laughs> Bill, thank you so much. We appreciate it, and uh, we really do respect everything you've done, and it was an honor to work with you, an honor to have you on the show today. Indeed. Thank you. Okay, guys. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Bill. Bill Curtis, the one and only. And I would like to say that you can listen, subscribe, rate, back to you on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, Stitcher, and tune in. And if you subscribe, it makes it easier to find us again if you choose to. <laughs> and it, automatic- <laughs> it automatically shows up on your device when a new episode is released. That my, was fun, wasn't my, it? Yeah, look, that was wonderful to have bill on it really was and, and, you know and he was right about how uh, you got to take risks you got to move in different directions and be challenged and who knows you know to go from a newscaster to the voice of a feature film to radio announcer mm-hmm. it's amazing the podcast uh, guest <laughs> that's why i'm taking a risk being here today uh, you are you know speaking of taking risks. I think about young people that are out there listening right now that uh, are in college, have no idea what they want to do for a living. Maybe they're 25, 30, 35, still don't know Mm -hmm. what they want to do for a job. Alyssa, when you were in college or at what point did you know maybe what you wanted to do? Did you know right then 
I knew in high school when I took a public speaking class um, that I was just comfortable with it. I liked it. And then that's kind of what drove me to go into broadcasting. But I also wanted to kind of have a backup with marketing and communications just in case, because obviously broadcasting is hard to get into. I've been super lucky. Um, but yeah, I've, I, I figured it out in high school. I, you know, I wanted to be like a jockey for a while and figured out when I was too tall, that wasn't going to happen. So Plus your dad said no. And my dad definitely said no. <laughs> that's for sure. You guys always knew, right? Or did it just kind no. of, no, I didn't, I didn't always know. I mean, yeah. I, um, I, I was, I was a TV kid. I mean, like as a kid, you know, looking staring at the television mm -hmm. all day long and sort of daydreaming about it, but that was a pipe dream. Mm -hmm. Nobody on my block in my neighborhood had a job anywhere close to a television station. And, to, you know, you always thought those folks come from Hollywood or they're from somewhere oh, else. Yeah. And, the, and the thought of making that a career seemed pretty far-fetched. Wow. But, uh, Tell everybody what your uncle said when you said, when you told him <laughs> <laughs> that you were going to work That's on, right. you were going to work on TV. Yeah. I had an uncle and, and uh, like the whole family was <laughs> excited about my first job in television, my first job in TV, I was just trying to tell everybody I could about it. And we're all celebrating mother, you know, Aww. sister, everybody. And I had one uncle who said, you got to come over my house because this is extra special. We got to have our time together. Uh, some finally somebody in the family in television. So I go over and, and I'm, you know, you know, I'm saying, yeah, my Uncle B.C., look, man, you know, thank you for all of this. And uh, he wheels out the TV from the back and says, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with this. This is need a tune. Oh. <laughs> you know, what, what, I don't understand what, what the problem is. I uh, said, so, no, no, I'm, I'm on, on television, TV. not in television. <laughs> he thought you were going to be the fix-it man. And the disappointment in his face. <laughs> But I realized I, that I didn't have something secure, like like learning how to fix them. That's where the money was. No, but uh, yeah, this is a risky business. I mean, a real yeah, it is. You know, to, you always you don't discourage people from doing it, but there are a lot of variables. I do. You're very. Do you really? Do you really? Do you well, discourage money now? No, well, like at I don't. At this point, like it's so it's so different from when you guys did it too. Like right now, with all the different ways to get news or different ways to watch sports. Yes. It's very risky, you know, you, you, it could be gone. I don't know. It's just, it's just different, I guess. It is. In all seriousness, though, I never discourage any young person from any dream or any job that they want to go for because yeah. somebody makes it and it might be you. Mm -hmm. So who, who am I or who are any of us to tell them, you know, don't, don't do it. And you're right, Alyssa. I mean, there are a lot of options out there right mm -hmm. now, including this podcast world that we're in. Right. But I knew in junior high that I wanted to be a disc jockey because I used to listen to the biggest rock and roll station in Chicago. And there was a huge disc, disc jockey named Larry Lujak. And he was my <laughs> idol. And I wanted to be in broadcasting and it ended up working out. And uh, here we are now. Uh, Steve, uh, Alyssa made reference to, you know, her marketing role. Uh, we work together at Arlington and uh, in the marketing department. So she is a, really a brilliant marketer and she's got a lot of skills. So there's a lot of different directions she could go. But I want to ask you, Alyssa, what job, what would be your dream job right oh, now as you take God. a step? You're a director right now at mm -hmm. Arlington. You're a director of marketing. What would be a dream job? I don't know. I mean, I, I really like being like, uh, I've been called an H-Bick. Have you guys heard of that? I'm, Do we have to censor that? Uh, uh, we're, if I, 
at the head oh. be in charge. Oh, okay. Wow. I've been called that and I like I like it. I like it so I could definitely see myself becoming more of an executive, but it's kind of like what Bill was saying, just like the broadcasting thing's kind of like in me and I yeah. just love it and I love reporting and I, um, you know, so if something came up that way too, I'd love to try that out. But I don't know, that the dream job thing's hard for me. Well, you know, I, I listen to both of you. You both co-host a show on Comcast and I'm, you notice I'm not smiling about that because not <laughs> once have I been asked to come anywhere near the show. So, we, I mean, I watch it on TV and give hints that I, I'm around during the hour that you do it we know better because it's yeah. hard it's hard to get you did um, you ever use or uh ever know anybody that used a different name on the air well look Alyssa, you think you know somebody really well <laughs> and you talk to them about five hours a day mm -hmm. no seriously howard and i over the years have talked like sixth graders with a new phone i know it's kind and, of adorable and mom said you could use the phone <laughs> and we just talk about nothing and everything yeah now i'm not kidding when i say easily an hour at various times for years and you think you know everything about somebody now i know folks can't see us right now but i got to show <laughs> Alyssa this just look at that now that's a, a oh a, my god but, but look at how he signed that does that say I, tom howard <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you <laughs> I showed Alyssa a picture what of, is wrong of Howard from, when was that taken, 1910? What was that, like in the 70s? <laughs> 1910? Yeah. I think it was in the 70s, yeah, early oh. early 70s. Who was Tom Howard? Well, uh, I worked at a little radio station in Mendota, Illinois, and then I walked into a station in Peoria, and I asked if I could meet with the program director, and for whatever reason, he asked me in, and... All of a sudden, we're talking, and he puts me in a studio, and he has me read. And it was absolutely the worst thing. I couldn't, I was stumbling all over the place. The disc jockey in the other room had the mic open, yeah. and he, I walked by, and he said, uh, hang in there, you'll get better. And I thought, <laughs> Boy, oh, was he God. lying. I just... <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, and, so and, go ahead. And, and so I figured I'm done. Yeah. So anyway, I go down to the program director's office, and he says, um, well, I think I heard a little something there. I'm going to hire you. So he hired me. So I worked, I read a little news. I played some records. I did this. And he said, you're going to be Tom Howard. And I said, oh, I am. Oh, did he I, just pull it out of the air? Yes. I've, yes. And I wow. said, okay, I didn't know I'll, I'll do it. So I did the weather in Peoria for a little bit. And I was Tom Howard. That lasted about, uh, I was there, I think, two years. <laughs> and then when did you go to Howard Sudbury? Uh, I went. I got a job in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, doing sports for the first time full time. And I went into the guy's office, and he said, "You're going to be Howard Sudbury." <laughs> so he just told who to be. And I said, "Okay." <laughs> and he just pulled there that name go. out of the air. He, he didn't know that was your real name. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. That's the remarkable part exactly. of that. That's how crazy this business is. Well, you talk about being discouraged for in the business along the way. I mean, I was told at one time that. My name was too complicated. Right. People would not say Baskerville. So change it to Bass. Wow. I mean, I, you know. Lance, uh, Lance Bass. Worked, well, I said so that name's been taken. I can't, <laughs> I can't do that. Uh, no, but you, you'll get obstacles along the way. People think that they know. That's the, the biggest obstacle. All these producers and uh, GMs and managers along the way that think they know TV. They got the answer, and they come and go while you're the one with the career. Right. All right. I, I think we're done. 
done what? <laughs> with with the show. Because I can tell the guys be behind the glass or they're Sleeping. yawning. No, one of them, no one more of guys them, behind one the of glass. sound asleep, the other one is yawning. Uh, but I wanna ask I wanna ask the hosts, both of you, yes. how would you grade this first show on you know, on a A to C or A to F? I don't know. I mean, like I, our, gu our guest definitely <laughs> carried us. Oh, man. Look, that guest so, alone yeah. gave us some high marks. <laughs> Believe me. So uh, it's going to be fun having Bill Curtis on every week now for <laughs> 26 or seven weeks. How about <clears throat> our part, Steve? Oh, forget that. <laughs> Look, if I were you, you know what I would do? I'd go back to being Tom Howard after this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of a new name myself when I leave here today. Uh, Alyssa? I don't know. Maybe like a C. Maybe like a C. <laughs> <laughs> no, we That's are. That's really going to encourage people. We are too close to it. And I think yes. uh, when we step back and listen to it, we will be full of smiles. Okay. We're almost. Yeah. I I'm like sure that we positivity. We're, yeah. we're mm -hmm. almost done. I want to ask you, and I know the answer to this already, Steve. Will you ever listen to this show? <laughs> honest, honest to God. Yeah, I mean, uh, no. I'm, well, I mean, I probably <laughs> will at some point. I get. I look. I've always been a very nervous, sort of anxious, um, insecure performer. Even though I've tried to make a living for a long time as a mm -hmm. person who performs, but I find so many faults and flaws. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I. I'm always You're your harshest it. critic, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so it pains me. I have to wait a while before I look or listen. <laughs> Alyssa, will you listen? Yeah, I'll listen to it. And will your mom? For sure. She's definitely one of the, our five listeners. Your husband? Nope. No? Oh, you will I don't not. think he will. Really? Why? He's too busy listening to, like, conservative podcasts. Oh, boy. <laughs> and uh, how about your sister? No. No, either. She doesn't really support me with this kind of stuff. And the guys behind the glass, I'd mentioned them a couple of minutes ago, are not listening <laughs> either. Well, they're gone now. All right. Well, we made it. This is the first one. It's back to you. And uh, we're going to probably do it again. Oh, you said something earlier. One more thing, because I can't show. I was going to say, this is yeah. literally, it's, that's th the name of the, the show. One the, more thing wait, is wait, the name of it. Wait, wait. One There's more no, thing. There, yeah. There, there is one. Alec Baldwin has one called One More Thing. I think that's really? the name of it. Really? No kidding. Um, no, this one is going to be called Howard Just Shut Up. Tom Howard Just Shut Tom Up. Tom Howard Just Shut Up. One more thing. You said that we should put our hands together and make a pact that yes. when this ends, that we're still going to be friends. Because sure. you don't think it's going to end well. Well, you know, I, I, look, I'm a fatalist about things. And I just, I'm, I just said, just remember this moment while we're all together and smiling and, and, smiling and, and full of hope that that... It warms our hearts now and, and because it could get ugly later <laughs> when the blame list comes out for why this thing isn't working. Well, and I, that, I don't want my name in the top of the blame list. On that optimistic <laughs> note, oh, one more thing. No, that's oh. it. That's it. Our special guest was Bill Curtis. We were so proud to have him on. Back to you. And also special guest or special thanks to Chief Engineer Chris Swake who is behind the glass. He gave me a thumbs up. He didn't really mean it. Uh, executive guy, producer guy, Tony Lasano with OPI Productions, distributed by Ed, Ed Silha of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. You are a great facilitator. To both of you, you know thank you very much. Wow. And we hope to 
do this again. <laughs> what, are the, what are the odds? We just end on <laughs> laughing about it. Go ahead and laugh. All right. No, I'm looking forward to it. All right. It's fun. I Thanks, love it. Thanks, guys. Thank I you. Love working with you, and we'll talk to you next time. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? If you like the Back to You podcast with Alyssa, Steve, and Howard, then be sure to check out some of the other podcasts on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, like... Losano and Friends, casual, comedic conversations in downtown Chicago. If you missed Losano or Losano and Friends, here's what you missed. Attila, the president, is here, the guy that's in charge of the whole network. So we have to be good, right? Yes. Yeah. And so far. So what's going on with the network? Anything exciting? We have a, a thousand shows. I mean, there's a lot of them. They have a lot of shows. Artie, stuck from Artie Lang right on down. Yeah, yeah. Name the worst show on the network. Go ahead. <laughs> say it to his face. Just say it. Say it to his face. Yeah. yeah. No, no I, 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 would, I dare anyone to find a bad show. There, all... there is not a show on this network that yeah. I'm not proud of. Exactly. Exactly. Aww. Yeah. Uh, Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It's just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Radio Misfits. Get more. Lausano and Friends. Lausano. Now on Lausano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lausano or whatever it's called. Only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place, radiomisfits.com.